Welcome to the podcast, Career Connections with the HR Insider, where we teach you how to stay, flow, or go in your career with your host, Barbara Mason, bringing you 20 years of the inside scoop and what really matters in your career. Our passion is helping you find yours. Hello, everybody. I'm so excited to bring you this episode of Career Connections. It's very special because I'm bringing you some excerpts from a radio show that I was a guest expert on. I was part of Rhonda Robinson's Solution um, radio show. And in this episode, we talked all about how to manage your boss, what to do when they're a micromanager, how to handle those annual and mid-annual performance reviews. Lots of good stuff in this episode. So I thought I would take you along for the ride and let you listen into some excerpts on this special interview session that I had with Rhonda Robinson on her Solutions radio show. Let's take a listen. To talk about, you know, survival on that job. And Barbara Mason with uh, Pathways, uh, is it Pathways? It's Pathways Career Counseling, right? Career Pathways Consulting. I always mess it up. That's okay. Uh, Career Pathways Consulting. Um, so want to talk about managing your boss. I didn't even know you could manage your boss. Oh, yes, you can. And you should. So wow. you can manage your boss and they wouldn't even know that they're being managed. Absolutely. So, all right. So break it down for us. I'm going to break it on down. What, so, what we need to do. So first of all, you need to re- realize that it's important that you manage your boss. And okay. the reason why is because your boss is the gateway between um, your promotions, the projects that you want to be on, your merit increases, your performance reviews. So they play a very critical role. So mm-hmm. it's important that you manage them. So the first thing is is to understand your boss's communication style okay, and adapt yours to fit theirs. Okay, so when you say communication style, like do they prefer email? Are they a yes. texter? Do they like face-to-face? Absolutely. Okay, okay. So you need to know that. And that's important because that's a, a key way that things get done within the okay. group. So some okay. bosses, of course, you work with in the office some are remote right and so depending on what their communication style is adapt yours to fit it that's the first and foremost okay so that you don't out of the gates make them upset because you're not communicating the way that they want to be communicated right because if you're sending a bunch of emails but your boss prefers that you come in the office and sit down and have a conversation that's not a good thing. That is not a good thing absolutely and you're gonna say well I sent you an email and they're gonna be like I don't care about that face to face and again so that's important to know that from the very beginning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The second thing is is that you want to be a solution-oriented person. So don't go into your boss with a problem without a solution. Oh. Now, your boss is there to remove obstacles for you, but as an employee, you want to go with the problem and say, hey, I think some solutions may be X, Y, and Z. Still give them the freedom of choice, but that shows that you're thinking at a higher level and you're not just a complainer. Right, so you go in the office, go in there with a game plan. Like, Absolutely. here's the issue that I'm having Here's my suggestion, boss, as to how to fix this. Absolutely. Okay. And they may not agree with your suggestion. They may not. But at least you offered something. Right. And so think about it. Again, I always teach, think about the receiver. So if you are the leader do you and you're managing a team of people, you do not want people to come into your office all day with problems. Right. And you say, well, well, how can I help you? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. They just want to dump. Yeah. Dump and they fix. Right. You want to be part of the solution. Because it makes you think, well... If I got to do all of your work, why, mm. why do I need you? Mm. Correct. Okay. Now, some people have the opposite opinion. They feel like, well, the boss gets paid more money, and that's their job to fix the problems. But, again, we're talking about how to be effective. Right. 
and how to manage your boss so that they get off your back and get, you get what you need mm-hmm. from your boss. And I think it makes them have confidence in you as a potential leader. Absolutely. You, you are coming in with possible solutions. Absolutely. And so they know, okay, this particular individual is a critical thinker. This person mm-hmm. likes to try to figure stuff out. So uh, they may even be looking at you as a leader. Absolutely. That they could groom based on how you handle certain situations. Absolutely. Okay. So something else I think is also is to take work off of your boss. Yeah. So let's say, for example, there's someone in your department that's out for an extended period of time. They okay. could be having a baby. They could have an illness. Don't wait and let your boss take on that that person's work and their work. Be an initiator and go and say, hey, I noticed that John is out. Yeah. You know, is there something that I can help with? Okay. Or, hey, I know that we just got in a whole new shipment of X, Y, and Z, and that's not our typical order. Can I help with such and such? Mm-hmm. So initiate and take things off of their plate. Mm. That's another way to manage your boss. Okay. And to, again, to keep things in a very pleasant state. So we have our Facebook viewers watching in Zion. All good says that email works best on her job. She said her uh, her boss forgets a lot, so she also attaches a read receipt, so she knows when her boss actually reads the email. Right. Hmm. Yeah. That's that's a good tip as well. Hmm. That way you know. I like your your idea of taking something off your boss's plate because it shows initiative. Yes. Which not everyone has. Absolutely. There are a lot of worker bees. Who sit and just wait for someone to tell them yes, what to do? They're order takers, right? They just sit there and in there, and you're like, wonder what they're? Why are they just sitting there? They're waiting for somebody to come tell them what to do right. instead of just taking the initiative and saying, "Oh, that table over there looked like it need to be wiped off. I'm just gonna go wipe it off." Right? You know. Yeah. And okay. that's much appreciated. And then also, again, having a different lens, you're taking stuff off of your boss's plate. But in the, in the process, you are also getting a new skill a lot of times. So mm-hmm. let's say that John is out and he's working on this big project and you get an opportunity to take it over for the next two to three weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're learning a new skill that can make you more marketable. You may find out um, some gifts and talents that you didn't know that you had. You may meet people that you would not have met. Mm-hmm. So there's a benefit for the employee as well. So it's twofold. Yeah. So any other tips how I can manage my boss? Yes. Um, so another tip is if there is some bad news to be told, share the bad news sooner than later. Okay. So don't let your boss get blindsided. No one likes to be blindsided so make sure that you do that and then also give frequent updates there again everybody's leader has a different style some need to know way more details some Mm -hmm. want the 50,000 foot view so that's again part of knowing their communication style but make sure that you give them frequent updates the more that you can show and tell them before they come and ask you the better and then you don't want if especially if it's bad news and it involves you I would think it would come across better coming from you all the before time before Susie may in the office yes. goes in there and, and says, gives her spin. Yeah. Cause then they already have an opinion of right. you and the situation. Yes. Okay. And there's okay. nothing better than being accountable for the mistakes that you make and just going at and just be humble and upfront about mm-hmm. it and say, look, mm-hmm. I made this mistake. Here's what I want to do to fix it. Right. Well, you are the HR insider. I tell you <laughs> what, I mean, you've thought through all of this, all of this for us. And I can't wait to hear some more of your tips much. I get so many compliments Mm -hmm. on that intro. So we're talking about 
uh, keeping that job, right? You want to keep that job you're on. If you like the job and you want to be there for many, many years, um, you got to be successful there and you got to be successful in the eyes of your boss, right? So we've been talking about how to manage your boss. We've been talking about, you know, if you have a micromanager, what do you do? Um, and so before the break, we wanted to talk a little bit more, like dig a little bit into that, because if you are following the tips from the HR Insider and you are doing everything that your boss has asked you to do, and you're still feeling like you're being picked on or micromanaged, then what, Barbara? Yes, that's a very good question, and that can be a tough situation. So if you feel like things are just not going well and you feel like it's particular to you, right. then obviously your boss is usually the first point of defense, but that, that relationship is probably not good at this point if okay. you're feeling that way. Okay. And so, again, the, the tips I'm going to give you is if you feel safe, because I don't know your culture and your environment. Right. But if you feel safe, then you would obviously go to that, that person's boss would be one avenue. The next avenue would be your HR department. Again, depending on you have a great, functioning, safe, trusting HR department. Mm -hmm. um, another idea is to use a mentor. So maybe someone within the company that you trust okay. that may be a peer to your boss that um, you can talk to to get advice. Okay. That is an option. Um, also, most companies are going to have an employee concerns that is a neutral, either an internal party or a third party, where you can voice con concerns anonymously. Mm -hmm. That is a solution. Now, obviously, if you have tried those things or those things are not options for you, you can always seek outside counsel. Okay. I'm going to always, as the HR professional, encourage you to try to stay within first so that you follow the chain of command before you go to outside counsel. So it makes me a little nervous going to my boss's boss. So if I have if I'm thinking about doing that, I'm worried about retaliation. That's a very that's a very fair Absolutely. concern. Absolutely you can. So again, it depends on what type of culture you're in. Mm -hmm. So again, if the if the boss's boss is not the next immediate step, mm -hmm. then I would say your HR department. Okay. They're supposed to be a confidential, objective, safe place for you to voice your concerns okay. to. Okay. So um if you go to your HR department then if they set up a meeting, sometimes they'll do that between you and your boss, like, and they'll work like what, like a mediator. Right. But the first thing you probably want to do is just talk to HR confidentially without okay. your boss. Okay. And again, what I would suggest for that meeting is, is have some concrete facts about why you feel the way that you feel. Okay. It has to be more than, I think they're just picking on me. Right. Because the next natural question is going to be, okay, tell me how. Mm -hmm. Tell me what they've done. Mm -hmm. And so you need some concrete examples of maybe some things where you were treated differently or something was said out of the way, something like that. Right. So on December 18th, you know, 2018, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yes. And okay. it doesn't have to be that linear or okay. that detail, but it needs to be, hey, we were all together and she asked these nine people to go and she did not ask me. Okay. 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 All right, that works. So, all right, so we, we, we're going to switch gears from that to performance reviews, right? Mm -hmm. So everybody wants a perfect performance review, right? I mean, right. we all think we're perfect. We, we, are the, we are the perfect employee, right? Of course. So when we don't get a really good performance review, what, what, do, you, what do you do? So one, uh, what I always say, if you're in the situation, the actual meeting, and the performance review is not going well, uh -huh. the first thing to do is to remain calm, listen as much as you can, and don't respond in that meeting. Ooh. So hear the feedback, okay. listen, take notes. 
if you feel like you can ask clarifying questions without coming across as defensive, do. But if not, then just say, man, I really appreciate the feedback. If you don't mind, let me take a couple of days to digest it. And I would love to schedule a follow-up meeting and go through some of the things that I heard you say and, and how we can work together or okay. work better on this. Okay. What that does is it gets you from a place of being emotional and about defensive. It and defensive <laughs> so that you can really hear and listen to the feedback yeah. and then figure out how you want to um, talk to your boss about it in the next meeting. So what happens if they ask you to sign something? Like, okay, I gave you this review. You did this, this and this. I'm giving you this review. And I'm you don't agree with the review. And then they ask you to sign it. Right. What do you do? So you have two options. One, you can and I, we get this question a lot in my in my nine to five job. Now, whether or not you sign it, it's still valid. So let me just throw that out there at, at first. Okay. So you can sign it or not sign it. But what I would suggest is if there's something in there that you don't agree with, then ask that it be removed if it's something that should not be in there. Okay. Or you can always write what we call a rebuttal about your side of the story and ask for it to be placed with your performance review. Oh. So that's also an option um, as well. Okay. So. Do I have to sign it right then and there? You do not. During the review, or can I, just like you said, when you said listen and don't really respond and just take it home and digest it, can I come back tomorrow and sign it or, yes. or a couple of days later? Absolutely. Do I have to sign it right then? You do not have to sign it right then. What and if again, someone tells you you have to sign it right you then? You do not have to sign it right then. Okay. There's nothing that says you have to sign it right then. And now they may say, well, you sign it and just means that I've given it to you and that I have reviewed the information with you. You said, yes, I certainly understand that. And I'm happy to send you an email that we had my review today. But until I'm able to digest the information and really put my thoughts on paper, I would prefer to sign it at a later time hmm. it's just that simple that's good to know mm -hmm. that's good to know because i think someone told me i had to sign something one time no i think There's i no, heard that too. i think There's i was no told i had to sign that. some right mm -hmm. then and there and again so, you may okay. ask well what is that why why you okay. can always ask why and a lot of times they're going to say well it's just saying that that i've given you the information and again okay. your rebuttal is i'm happy to send you an email that okay. we had my review today all right so you got your review, you, you don't respond, you just say thank you for the review, you take it home, you digest it, now what? So and in that time where you're digesting it, also what I would suggest, I encourage everybody to have mentors. You need to talk to your mentor or people that are close to you that know your work performance okay. and share the feedback in a, in a not in a vague way, but it didn't have to be specific. Right. And trying to get feedback to say, okay, is this something that maybe I have a blind spot in hmm. that maybe I don't know? Again, don't always assume the feedback is wrong. Okay. You know, right. try to try to at least think that it may be coming from a good place. And it may be something that's a blind spot and things that you need to work on. Okay. Once you remove all of that and you feel like, I really just don't agree and that's the situation, then I would take a few notes okay. about the parts that you disagree with and why. And okay. then schedule a follow-up meeting with your boss and to have a conversation. Um, and again, that conversation needs to be logical and not emotional. That's hard for women. That's hard for people in general. I mean, I, I know for a fact that, like, if I feel like you're lying, you know, like, this is not true. This review is totally false. Right. Like, yes. I know I'm going to get emotional. So how do you do that? Like, how, I guess when you take it home and digest it, that's one way. Mm -hmm. And you come back, like, in a day or two when you're a little stronger. Right. Um, but still, like, I think it, it would be difficult if you feel like the information is completely false to just... 
I think it would be some for some folks is easier than others. It is easier than others, and again, I think taking that time away definitely helps okay. because you want to get to a place. Because again, the way to be effective is that to be less emotional and just to get the facts on the table. Okay, being emotional is not going to lead you to that cause. Right. So we're talking Facebook tuning in. Thank you so much. Um, Carissa had a question about overtime. Okay. And so she says that some bosses, they negatively impact performance reviews when employees do not work overtime or question the way it's calculated. So how should it be calculated? So overtime is calculated at time and a half. And so what that means, if you make $10 an hour, then your overtime rate is going to be $15 an hour. So okay. it's time. So 10 times half, which is 5, 15. Okay. It's as, just that simple. As an employee, do I have the right to say, I, I'm going to give you my eight hours, but I'm not working overtime? Mm, it depends. Okay. And so the reason why it depends depends on what kind of job did you take. Okay. And what were the requirements of the job. Okay. So um, there are some jobs that require overtime because yeah. of the type of industry it is. Right. And so you should know that going in. Right. Now, could you limit the amount of overtime? Yes. But if you work, if you signed up for a job that requires overtime, it's really not, um, I would say, recommended that you say, hey, I'm not going to work overtime. Yeah. Cause that, I mean, in the news business, when I worked, I've I've worked twenty plus years. Right. You can't just after eight hours clock out if right. there's severe Absolutely. weather and a tornado's Absolutely. coming in town. I mean, you working 14, 20, 24 hours if right. you have to. Absolutely. If you're and, working and you know and that when you take the job. Absolutely. So you have to think about that. You have to think about that and be a team player. Right. If you want to work eight hours, and that's not the industry for you. you that is not the industry for you. <laughs> that's right. So that's why I say it depends. Yes. Yes. Okay. So if you're on the type of job where you have the option of working overtime or not, then it's okay. It is okay for you to say no. Okay. All right. All right. So it's okay to say no if you're in that type of industry. Yes. All right. So if I work at a bank, maybe. Right. Maybe. It Maybe, okay. yeah, maybe. Mm -hmm. And again, it depends. And what if somebody's called in? Okay. So again, you need to evaluate, well, why are you saying no? And is it just, I absolutely cannot? Or are you just not being a team player? Okay. And is it a one-time wow. thing? Or is it a regular routine thing that you're always, you're never available? Okay. So did we get to everything when we were talking about the performance reviews? I want to make sure we get get all of that out before we have to go. Well, one more thing I want to say about the performance reviews is one want, want to make sure that everybody knows you need to be an active participant in your performance review. Oh, it's okay. not that you just show up to the meeting <laughs> and your boss has the paperwork <laughs> and you receive. Right. If you want, you should be an active participant. So do a self-evaluation before you even walk in the office. Okay. So you should have an idea of what you think your your performance should be. Your strengths, your weaknesses. Absolutely. Okay. You should have a list of your business results that you've accomplished that year. Hmm. So if they miss something, you say, you forgot about that. Yeah. You know, or whatever. Yeah. You know, and, and get it added in. Yeah. I or earned they say, well, man, $15,000 know. this year for right. the company. Okay. Absolutely. Oh. All right. Well, I wish we could do two two hours, but you know, it's just not possible. Right. We have everything that comes to an end. Tell folks how they can reach you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Career Connections. You can find us at www.careerpathwaysconsulting.com or on social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter under Career Pathways Consulting. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, don't be satisfied with the status quo in your career and life. Expect greater because life is too short to do anything different. See you next time.